Welcome to Payne on Politics, a podcast where host Dr. Gregory Payne of Emerson College sits down with fellow experts to discuss the current state of politics, public opinion, and global affairs. In a world growing increasingly complex, communication and critical thinking is key. This only makes the Emerson motto, expression necessary to evolution, more true. Hello, this is Gregory Payne, Chair of Communication Studies, also co-director of the Emerson Blancarna Global Center. I'm here for Payne on Politics with someone who's made a global sweep from the West Coast to the East Coast for one thing, that would be hashtag esports. Welcome, Andrew Geiger, Payne Thank on you. Politics. Thank you, Dr. Payne. I'm a pleasure to be here. Now, Andrew, as you know, you are one reason why we've continued to expand this esports program. Uh, from your perspective, you've been a student in the undergraduate program, the first one to graduate with an esports track. You've also been one of the first master students with an emphasis on esports. What was it about Emerson that brought you across, the, you know, across the tundra uh, to Boston, which is much colder than Huntington Beach? Well, there's a lot of it's a long story, and there's a lot goes into the the decision making process to choose Emerson. But one of the main reasons was Emerson was one of the first academic institutions to start an esports program academically. Now there have been other programs before with other colleges where they create a little club or create teams for esports players to play and compete and represent the school, but there wasn't really a foundation yet for students who are looking to um, educate themselves on the industry of esports and prepare themselves for a career path within the esports industry. So esports uh, at Emerson was one of the founding things and one of the main reasons why I chose it. And the other reason was Emerson in general has a very um, practical-based applications in terms of learning. What I wasn't, I've, I've done a lot of different college stuff before and I wasn't really interested in just sitting into lectures and, and taking notes and taking a test and then forget it, you know, a week later. I was interested in getting um, hands-on experience in terms of working on projects, reports, things like that. And so I think, I think Emerson was like the perfect fit for me. So when you look back at that esports, of course, as uh, one, of the, one of the aspects that you and I are working on is expanding it, talking to industry leaders like Lee Stacy. Uh, what is it that you've learned so far in esports in terms of, say, Sportscom and esports at Emerson? Well, one of the founding things that resonated with me was when Dr. Charles Steinberg, the one of the founders of the Sportscom program in the face of it, he said, with the sports communication program, we don't teach the students how to play the sports, but rather all the industry occupations that surround the sports industry. And so the same parallel applies for esports as well. And that really made a lot of sense with, with me and it clicked in terms of like training these students to be the next casters, the next publicists, the next media directors, any occupation under the sun that involves esports or sports in general for Sportscom is what, uh, is what made Emerson that great. And so one of the things I've learned going on for esports is esports is this multidisciplinary field where there's things like production, public relations, marketing, special event planning, all these things and different uh, different skills are applicable and I think developing a more interdisciplinary program would be wonderful to for esports academically here. Well you know last night I spoke to the class you're teaching a course now which is great mm -hmm. the intro and when I looked at that Andrew one thing that is quite different we talk a lot about different schools and we talk about collaboration breaking down silos You've got one of the most diverse classes I've seen at Emerson. You've got people from VMA, almost every department. Uh, what would you say is special about that particular group? I think 
I, I do, I, I would agree their diversity is a very strong suit. A lot of people are able to bring varying perspectives, not only from what their terms of study is, but also their just general backgrounds can also apply to um, this multicultural aspect of what esports is. Because at the end of the day, like because of the internet, esports has made, uh, has become this global phenomenon where you could potentially connect and play with people all across the globe who you had no business or intention of interacting with in general and you know forcing them together to, to cooperate and so on a smaller scale you could say that about the class where there's different people with different backgrounds different specialities and I think you know offering their different and hearing their perspectives is really engaging and strengthens what a uh, diverse perspective is on sports or esports. Well, you know, Andrew, when you were first here, one thing that I asked you was, uh, let's look at esports as soft power, mm -hmm. something that Dr. Steinberg, Lee Stacy, and others talk about. And part of what we do, as you know, is we host these global summits. You've been a part, you've presented down in D.C. Uh, but we also talked about expanding it to Blind Karen. Now, when I talked to Enrique and Josep and Georgia, they basically said we don't really have a lot of esports interest in Blind Karen. But what we decided was maybe we should go ahead and do it. So you went over. Can you tell us a little bit about what you sort of previewed and tried to basically see? Is there an interest in Blind Karina? And what type of interest did you see? Sure. I mean, when you pitched this idea to me at first, I was too apprehensive because I wasn't aware of when I first visited Barcelona that there was no established esports group or club, anything like that. So getting people together for a form, more formal of a tournament seemed like a tall order. But... Nonetheless, you pushed me to, to do this, and I was able to work with uh, a group, a company in Barcelona, who was able to uh, acquire hardware for this esports this tournament. Raul, a per former student who was at Rosarito, just like you. Yes, Raul was extremely helpful and accommodating and helping to make this happen, and without him, this wouldn't have happened. So what we were able to do was essentially use this hardware and promote within the student base of Blancarna a little bit. Mm -hmm that there was this uh, FIFA tournament. We were playing the current FIFA game on console at the time. So we brought in you know, a few TVs, we brought in a few consoles, and it was very grassroots where we had people just sign up and play, mm -hmm. um, and then we had people signing up on, uh, on roster things in terms of signing up for this uh, tournament, and they would have an informal tournament. And so we did several of those, and as the time went on, this event was a few hours, it just more and more people kept coming in and flooding. And we also were able to show the administration at, uh, at Blancarna that there is a, a drive and a, and a, and a need for esports there because they had no idea the students were at all interested in this. And then the other aspect was we were able to successfully bring a couple of the club members from here in Boston mm -hmm. over to uh, Blancarna to participate in this. And so it was a great immersive international event you could say and it was a, a amazing learning experience for myself and everyone involved. Well, you know one thing that I, I think that is kind of under the radar we hear about the Evies we hear a lot about a lot of other activities at Emerson the eSports Club is something that you know a great deal about mm -hmm. I think the people within your class you've got a lot of people in that the first time I went they said to me this was with jo Joshua or Josiah Seat who I think is out in LA now with uh, with one of the uh, companies he said, could you come to our event tonight? And I said, Josiah, there'll be no one there. It's the night of the Super Bowl. And he said, there will be. I walked into a room, and there were 100 students there who did not know Tom Brady from anything but knew everything about eSports. How big is the eSports club at Emerson? 
Well, since my time of coming to Emerson and finishing my master's degree at Emerson and now teaching, since I've been here since 2018 through that, throughout that time, it's gone through tremendous growth. And most of it is probably, you know, I was able to establish myself as a leader in, in the group for a while. But even after myself, my tenure finished, uh, the new current class of leaders in the Emerson Club have done a phenomenal job in terms of growing the club, um, doing different, uh, you know, just different events, different opportunities for these students to get more engagement with the student body. And I think they've done a great job in, you know, just turning what would be a casual game night into a really fun event for a lot of people to come. Because I think a lot of people were intimidated before when they hear esports, they think, oh, I'm not good enough to compete on a team like that. I just play casually. And they've been able to really bridge the gap for both uh, fulfilling the need of the competitive people who want to compete, but also the casual people who like to play games with other people mm -hmm. and fulfill that role in terms of being uh, a social space and a social gathering. So they've done really well with that, and I'm you know super proud of what they've been able to put together. And in terms of growth, there's you know uh, probably significant growth in terms of the last four years, even with that with COVID. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me of how yes. many exactly there are, but they show me around 200. So yeah, it could be around happened. something like 200. Yes. So it's really interesting to see it flourish. You know, one thing that uh, we're excited about when we started the SportsCon program, uh, Spencer and I had a lot of people saying, oh, there's no interest. Now, of course, it's a very popular program. But when we started reaching deep, we found people like Lee Stacy, who's head of Monumental uh, down in D.C. He's been a real pioneer in getting esports into the professional area. Can you talk a little bit about your knowledge of that? I think there's some activities coming up. And you, of course, met Lee as well as Zach Leonisis uh, during the, I think it was the Global Summit at the Capitol in 2018. That's right. We're trying to take some students down for esports. What are they going to possibly uh, experience when we go down this spring? Well, since 2018, when we last met with them, we although we did meet briefly in for the Global Summit this past year, um, they've created their own Monumental Sports has their own like gaming uh, venue and center. It's a multi-purpose area, so they're calling it District E if you're interested in looking it up. But it's a space for not only to hold tournaments, which they've been recently announced they're hold they're hosting the NBA 2K League tournament uh, or league rather. So all through the spring and the summer, they'll be hosting and broadcasting these events. Mm -hmm. um, but also, it's I believe a space for. Uh, other teams to come and practice, um, as well as viewers who want to come and like watch these events. Could I would I believe um, they can come and be a spectator of these esports events. So it's a really interesting new area they're they're going into with this esports uh, venture, and I'm really excited to see uh, what they can put together and how it's how it's been pulled off. I know one thing. Uh Professor Geiger, that you have said is that you're also going to have your students involved in some activities here in Boston. Uh, Kevin Mitchell, who is someone who's taught for us, he has an upcoming event. Could you talk about that as well as the other experience they're going to have in the spring? Certainly. So, um, Kevin Mitchell, who was one of the first esports professors here at Emerson, um, he has put together a an event called the College Esports Expo mm -hmm. and has built that brand into not just one event but a multi uh, events throughout the year 
And essentially what this is, is a conference for uh, industry leaders in esports and specifically in the college space to come um, give and share their experience on, and expertise on panels and different interviews um, in conference style events. So it's a great networking opportunity. It's a great opportunity for those interested and want to just learn more about the industry and the space. Um, and it's just been really successful and it, you know, it's really cool to see this, this brand flourish. And I really just hope this elevates esports not only at the college level, but at, at all levels. Yeah, you know, you've been very, very helpful with me because I'm, of course, trying to steer the academic piece. But you've been working with Josh Hamlin, who, of course, is, I think, the advisor for the esports team. And then we've also been working with uh, Joshua Walks. How, how helpful has Joshua been? Because I can tell you from the very beginning, he says, if you're doing sports time, you've got to do esports. Right. I sat down with him, I believe, last week or two weeks ago to talk about his experience and influence with Emerson College. Um, Joshua Walks is a very interesting person because he, I believe he started um, some really interesting tech startups or software startups and was really interested in just all things technology and one of those things has been eSports and so he told me the same thing where when you were founding the sports communication program he was very adamant about yes. pushing for, for eSports He was as enthusiastic as you are. Yeah, yes. and so that's really glad to see that someone at his position is a huge advocate for eSports um, I'm glad to have met him and, and have worked with him. I'm hopefully trying to get him in to speak to the class to help to share his perspective with the students, um, but also with his role as, I believe, an advisor for uh, what the Board of Trustees or something yes. at Emerson College. He has, he can have a lot of influence in terms of what myself and a lot of other people at Emerson are trying to do, which is elevate and evolve the brand of what esports is at Emerson going from just a club with a couple of teams recreationally to what would be a very parallel to a full-fledged athletics program for esports having you know uh, full funding for coaches for um, athletic an athletic director for esports that sort of thing to really take it to the next level okay one I know one area is should esports be under the NCAA from your perspective what is what is that how what's the answer to that so my perspective is the NCAA, because of its uh, lasting for so long, it offers a lot of stability in terms of if you're trying to grow just basically any sport, you would do it under the NCAA. However, there are specific rules and regulations that the NCAA um, enforces, especially because at, here at Emerson we're at Division Three athletics level, um, that are uh, a hindrance to put it bluntly, for growing an esports program. Uh, one of the big things is scholarships. So if we were to fall under the athletics umbrella, we would be unable to offer any type of scholarship just because it's a Division Three athletic activity. However, there are different organizational boards that are similar to what the NCAA is mm -hmm. for esports, and we could fall under those umbrellas where that specific rule is not as highly enforced and regulated, so we could potentially find room to offer students, like other colleges are already doing, um, f scholarships, partial, full, what have you, to come and compete or even just like be a part of this esports program. So, Andrew, one thing that we're blessed by at, at Emerson is we're here in the theater district, we're downtown, uh, you've got a lot of internships, possibilities. I know that you've had some work with the Patriots and they've come in. Uh, when you're looking at our theater space, uh, Theater usually is performing arts. It's with School of uh, School of the Arts. How do you how do those theater spaces 
meld into your vision of Emerson? Could we use those for esports events? Absolutely. I mean, the first time I took my official trip to Emerson before coming here in the fall, I was with uh, yourself, Josiah Seat, and also Dr. Steinberg. I believe this was like Easter weekend. Yes. And Beautiful we, night. Beautiful yes. day. And we were introducing uh, Dr. Steinberg to the world of esports, and he was still trying to wrap his head around it a little bit and not understanding that even though it's Easter weekend, wouldn't people, you know, be away with their families? He kept saying to us as we were walking across the street, mm -hmm. it's the most beautiful spring day. Nobody's going to be at the Paramount. And yet, when he opened the door, what did he see? There were people there. There was, uh, thanks to Josiah and the, the group he was working with, we had a, there was like a full tournament going on in the Paramount Theater. Um, sure, it wasn't packed to the brim with students, but it was pretty well packed. And also, one of the things that Dr. Steinberg commented on was like, the lightning electricity in the room. The it fandom, was, yes. The fandom was so engaged. You had the casters competing yes, for various schools. absolutely. So we had people like just cheering and yelling because they had the whole theater he loved themselves. That. He loved that. And it was, it's a great immersive experience. You have yes. these casters who are, I believe some of them were at the, were college students themselves from different colleges in Boston. I think MIT, Harvard. You had yeah, Harvard, absolutely. Yes. And they were there just to like, be, they were there because they loved the, the competition. And so when I think of what esports could be at Emerson, it could be a centralized uh, venue location for all these different schools. Almost all of the schools in Boston right now have their own esports uh, groups, whether it's at a club level or a full varsity program, right. what have you. An opportunity to, have, to host all of those uh, students coming in, in with our theater program or just theater venues in general and have a whole plethora of different esports events with that. And so hopefully we can establish that as a staple of what esports is for the future at Emerson. So in essence, I think you've just delivered a little bit of a pitch to uh, President Bernhardt who's coming in after developing an incredible school of communication with an emphasis on sports down in Texas. So you're saying esports would be a good way for him to move Emerson up. I, I have no doubt that evolving esports and leveling it up and having the Dr. Bernhardt's name on it and support would be a great move for him. I'd love to talk to him about the opportunities with that. And ultimately, it's a way to bring new people to the college. And I think, you know, if this school is a business, getting more people to come here is the ultimate goal. And I think eSports is a great venue, avenue for that. So that's a nice way that we could also be doing something online, not have to be worried about dorm space, etc. Sure, absolutely. So, Andrew... It's very clear you're passionate about this. I would say 10 years from now, of course, we hope you're still doing some teaching, but what would you like to be doing? So one of the things I'm doing now to establish this 10-year plan is I'm founding with a couple friends of mine a production and digital media uh, company. And so with that, right now we're focusing on trying to shoot digital content for different organizations. But eventually down the road, we want to take some of the capital with that, mm -hmm. potentially acquire some hardware to you know make our own esports events happen or our own events in general. And what I'd like to see 10 years down the road is um, myself orchestrating these large scale esports uh, tournaments, operations, things of that sort. And I think right now where I am, I'm you know founding this company, but also trying to develop esports here at Emerson are both ways where I can help achieve that goal. Well, you know, as I look at you, you look like you're running, you know, to be the commissioner of esports. <laughs> you're all dressed up. But I also see a pen on your uh, lapel. That's right. And that's the uh, traditional legacy pen. Uh, thanks to you. Thank you for this. Expression necessary to evolution. I think what we could see is esports could be another piece where Charles Wesley Emerson's idea of always leading would be exactly the beacon at Emerson College. So, Andrew, thank you for telling us about a good possibility 
for the next chapter at Emerson Esports. Thank you, Dr. Payne. Okay, Payne on politics. We'll see you next week with another exciting guest.